0: Back to the Pineapple Couch with B Rob. Today is Thursday, April 14th, and this is episode 161. A great show for everyone today. I am joined by Alex Kanner to preview the entire NBA playoffs as well as talk about these playing games. And then later in the show, I am joined by Andrew Radcliffe to discuss football rumors, Debo Samuel, Derek Carr new contract, play a new game called uh, the 10 year game. I think you guys will enjoy that, as well as talking all things MLB, Giants Padres just played. Vladdy Jr. is going off. Should Aaron Judge get a contract? We'll talk about all that and more. Thanks for listening. If you like what you're listening to, give us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple. Tell your friends. Spread the good word. Let's get down to it, folks. Uh, Welcome in Alex Cantor right after this. All right, Alex Cantor, how you doing, my friend? Doing fantastic, man. We're about to play off basketball. Living the dream one of the best times of the year for sure uh we got a little taste of it with the playing games that we will talk about at the top of this as well as we're going to dive in and take a look at each of these matchups and uh what for most teams like what it's going to take to win the finals what things need to go right um so we'll get into all of that but first i wanted to start with the results of last night's games or two nights ago when you're listening to this because this is coming out uh thursday morning Uh, we're recording on wednesday night um but Tuesday of this week, we had the first two playing games, Uh, the the first one being Nets-Cavs, and we saw pretty much a dominant Nets performance for the first, like, three and a half quarters, Alex. And then uh, Cleveland was just sticking around, kind of. But I never was too worried about the lead because you had Kyrie going for 30 and 12. KD is just maybe the, the most, like, satisfying score to watch that I've ever seen. It's just unbelievable. And uh, Bruce Brown played out. Um, What was your takeaway from this team, uh, from this game uh, on the Brooklyn side and then go to the Cavalier side?
1: Yeah, well, one of the things I was thinking about watching the game last night is, is this the best team to be a seven seed in the last decade of basketball, right? Like we went through such a turbulent year with the Nets between it being... Uh, James Harden and KD and Kyrie coming in and out, and now Kyrie's in, but then you know James Harden leaves. Um, they just looked—they looked a lot last night like the team that they're supposed to be and the team that they they should have been, right? Um, mm-hmm. And they looked dominant. And I think with the addition of um, Dragic and and then you have all these like just perfect pieces yeah, he... right now, right? Dragic yep. looked great. Patty Mills looked great. I mean, he yeah, didn't have the best game, like, statistically, mm-hmm. but, like, he will hit big shots in the playoffs. Yeah. There will be a play where either KD's getting double-teamed, Kyrie's getting double-teamed, and Patty Mills or Seth Curry is open, right? And, like, yeah. they just have so many weapons right now, it feels.
0: Yeah, and what was crazy about that game, or not crazy, was just Dragic checks in, and then within 15 seconds, maybe 10 seconds, he either gets a, a layup or a nice assist. I forget what it was. I think it was an assist to KD. And it was just like, wow, that signing did not get enough attention of being very important. Cause that's what Dragic can do for you. And I think he's especially important when we look at this team. Because yes, I liked what I saw, um, but they weren't able able to really put away this team. And you gotta be kind of worried, Alex, if you have Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving gonna be playing like what, 45 minutes a game through the playoffs? Cause they're they're screwed without those two. Like Drajic is good, but Seth Curry hasn't been playing as well. I think he might be a little hurt, but it also might be a little of the change of system. Are you worried about the the longevity of KD and Kyrie of being able to do this type of minutes through a playoff playoff run?
1: Yeah, it's just gonna be it's gonna be interesting on on how impactful Kyrie and KD are when they're on the court, right? Like both of them last night, um, or, or KD was, you know, he's, he's plus sixteen. Right. Yeah. So I feel like it's going to be one of these things where what does the plus minus look like for KD and Kyrie? And is that plus minus high enough to survive, right? Some of these other guys when, when those guys are not in and are not scoring the entire time. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think there are so many teams that say, okay, let, and, and I think it's going to be, you know, really different when we look at some of these other teams too. Um, like We'll talk about this, I think, when we get to the Nuggets too, is that Kyrie and KD, right? You can let them have 35 each. You're not going you to win scoring 70 points in the game. So it, it's just going to be interesting how teams eventually approach this and just say, Hey, do we just play straight up? No doubles. Let them get as much as they want and try to yep. remove the Seth's Curry's, the Bruce Brown's it, even Claxton went like what? Six for six last night. So yeah. You, yeah. Some of those guys are going to have those nights, but uh, I don't know. It's going to be really interesting.
0: If I'm the Celtics and we're not talking about the series yet, I'll just say this to cap this off. I mean, I am exactly what you said. I'm going to let Bruce Brown, Nick Claxton, Seth Curry, Dragic, and Patty Mills beat me. If I could live with myself, if Dragic is the one who beats me, I guess. Because I'm not going to let... Um, and, but also to your point, it doesn't matter because... How, how they have to score 50 each to get to like a hundred.
1: Exactly. And, and and that's the thing. And that's why I brought up the nuggets, right? Because you take a guy like Jokic, you could say, Oh, let Jokic get his, but Jokic makes everybody else so much better. I don't think that you can say that as much about Kyrie and KD in their saying, all right, you know, if they're not scoring, they're now really elevating the game of everybody else. Like, I don't yeah. really
0: think that that's the case. Yeah. And Bruce Brown looked great. I, I'm pretty confident in the Nets. I don't know. We're gonna talk about this series, see our feelings about it with the Celtics. But if Bruce Brown plays like that the whole playoffs, then like okay, maybe the Nets are that good and they deserve to win. But like, I don't know if he's gonna be able to do that every night. I, I and we'll see. Like he had like 18 six and six or something. Mm-hmm. He went off. So if he keeps to doing that though, that's a obviously very dangerous team. Uh, the big game of last night though, Alex was. The T-Wolves, led by a ferocious Patrick Beverly, D'Angelo Russell, and the Ant-Man Edwards, Uh, they come back to beat the Clippers. Um, I think they were down by, like, 13 at some point was probably the biggest lead. Uh, The Clippers, though, were in full control of this game, it felt like, the entire time before Carl Anthony Towns filed out. Carl Anthony Towns got, like, we went 3-for-11 from the field, had, like, 11 points, three rebounds, maybe five rebounds, three assists, obviously a bad game. He fouls out with like seven minutes left. And when that happened, I kind of thought, shit, the T-Wolves are done. Like they're not going to be able to do this without him. And I was wrong because maybe Carl Anthony Towns is not very helpful on that last night. Um, What do you think about this? Because you had obviously the Patrick Beverly trash talk. Um, We'll start. Let's talk about Edwards. What do you think about that? He's like 20, right?
1: Yeah, it just felt like there was one play. uh, I think it was about two minutes left in the fourth. Timberwolves up one, 99, 98. And Anthony Davis is on the left side and, and just takes Paul George to church. Like, hits him with a step back. And I'm like, this guy has no fear, doesn't care at all about what shots he's taking. I mean, his confidence just seems so insane. And he's just so athletic. Like, he seems like a guy... That would come into the league, be really athletic, dunking all over the place. Um, but he shoots the ball so well. Yeah. Uh like I, I really see him being, I was thinking about this watching the game that he reminds me a lot of Dwayne Wade. But like, what Ooh. is his ceiling, what does his ceiling look like compared to Dwayne Wade? I, I don't even know. But the the style of basketball kind of is is reminiscent of each other. Just hard nose, get into the rim, mm-hmm. really clean looking jump shot. He's amazing.
0: just so fast. He's so fast, and he's so strong. And the biggest thing you mentioned it, is the shoot, the fact that he can shoot, because that adds. If so, now that you have to guard that dude on the three point line, you can't guard him like he's Tony Allen or uh, I don't know. Name a player who can't shoot. I heard. I think Bill Simmons said Tony Allen or something. That's why it's in my head. But um, you have to guard him, and he's so fast and strong. He no one can stay in front of him. Mm-hmm. It's just an impossible task. And the fact that he's developed a jump shot so early, he's going to be a nightmare. If that dude shoots like fuck, if he shoots like 37% from three, at least like he's a nightmare to guard because no one wants to go up with him. When he's going to the basket because he's going to dunk right on you. And he's just, he's got that uh, the killer instinct. I feel like mm-hmm. and no moment is too big for him. Uh, and I really felt that last night. No,
1: I agree. I agree. I mean, he shot he shot four, almost 50% from the field last night. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just going to always have that high of a percentage, I feel like, in his career because of his ability to also score at the rim. I mean, he went up so many times. There was one play where he took Paul George to the rim and just threw him onto the ground, you know. Um, it's going to be really interesting what it looks like, especially being in Minnesota. It will be curious if uh, – you know, within the next couple of years, he decides to go to a bigger market. Like would love to see Anthony Edwards in New York. I think that'd be awesome, but you know, Carl yeah. Anthony Towns has stuck around, so we'll see.
0: Yeah. Well, let's talk about cat. Um, just a really bad, This is a big game for him. This is the first playoff game he's ever played in where it's like, Hey, you're supposed to win. Cause he's been in the playoffs once and they got steamrolled, by. I believe they were the eight seed in the Rockets for the one get steamrolled. And just a really big no-show. How are you, like, looking back on this? Are you going to give him some slack and be like, hey, it's just one game, let's see what he does in this next series? Or are you going to be like, I knew that he would crack under pressure because Cat might be, for lack of a better word, soft or not not built for the big moments and maybe like a good Mm -hmm. stats, bad team guy,
1: you know? Yeah, well, I think one of the interesting things about this um, about the play-in tournament is that it almost forces this game seven mentality. Except for Ooh. clearly Charlotte, they just didn't
0: show up at right. all today. I think that's the second um, year in a row, too. Just embarrassing. I believe they got blitzed the out last year by forty or something. The
1: worst. But I, I think for Carl, Carl Anthony Towns, I, I wouldn't hold it against them in the in the way that you have this young team, you have these guys who, you know, you have D'Angelo Russell coming back. You have Carl Anthony Towns who thinks he's the guy. You now have Anthony Edwards who is incredible.
0: Who is so I guy. think
1: they're then, yeah, who is the guy probably, right? But they're forced into this, uh, you know, high-intensity playoff game right out of the gate or or playing tournament, I guess not playoffs. But mm-hmm. uh, the point is, like, I think it, they may have just got a little out of whack, Um, because they're just forced into it rather than like getting into a playoff series and kind of finding themselves throughout a seven-game series. So that's what I think. I mean, of of course, like he needs to to show up. I mean, he needs to have like a, you know, high 20s, high teens, double-double throughout a series for the Timberwolves to really, you know, make a
0: mark at all, right? Yeah, and he's got to stop with the dumb fouls. There's got to be yeah, a little more situational brutal. awareness of like, hey, I have five fouls. Maybe I don't need to try and go tackle Paul George for this rebound that he's clearly got an edge on. You know what I'm saying?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I mean, now I mean the the next series I think with the Wolves is going to be awesome.
0: Oh yeah, I mean we'll, we'll get to Grizzlies Wolves. You got some young firepower on both. Yeah, can of these I, squads.
1: I? I got one more comment on this on this Wolves game. Can we set the criteria for? What needs to happen for someone to jump onto the scorers table?
0: I'm glad you brought this up. I was going to bring this up. I, okay. I will say that, yes, you're probably right, but I really enjoyed it. It was, it was awesome. I thought it was hilarious. It's just peak Patrick Beverly celebrating like it's game seven of the finals.
2: I mean, honestly,
0: (laughs) fuck it. Like it's the T wolves. This is, this may be all they're going to get. So I guess that was the biggest moment of P Bev's basketball career and he did it against a former team alex's headphones have fallen out but i'm gonna my still talk out. i was
1: i was so angry at patrick beverly i kicked off my own headphones
0: oh um, okay so i was saying how I, i'm like i'm chill with it but it's kind of funny like so go I off i can't King. stand
1: it i can't Yo. stand it i i genuinely like these moments where you think about people getting on a scorer's table dwayne wade getting on a scorer's table Kobe Bryant getting on a scorer's table. You hit a game winner. You get on a scorer's table. I would have been okay if Anthony Edwards had gotten on the scorer's table. I just don't need to see Patrick Beverly get on the scorer's table. But I understand it's the Clippers. You know, I understand it. But I was like, uh, you have a you have a a minus five point differential. I, I didn't need to see it. I'm okay with somebody getting on the scores table, just not Pat Beth.
0: Okay, I I see your point. I I don't know. Whenever Patrick Beverly plays the Warriors, I go back to just hating him so much. <laughs> but it's been a while since he's done something like douchey to them, so I, I like kind of like it's just kind of funny to observe, I guess. Um, but uh, last thing on this game, Paul George looked really good. I think that they will be able to beat the winner of this Spurs-New Orleans game. Are you on the same page?
1: I agree with that. Paul George is so good at basketball. Yeah, and I remember, remember Rosillo talking about it back in the day where he's, you know, he always used to call Paul George a 30-13 player, right? Like, mm-hmm. you wouldn't be surprised if he scored 30, but you also wouldn't be surprised if he scored 13. I think that's really reasonable, but Paul George – Especially when he's in a scenario like last night, where he just so clearly is the number one guy, uh, offensively on a basketball team, he's just like the perfect small forward two guard. I mean, it's it's amazing. Like
0: he, I mean, what he had
1: almost like forty last night.
0: Yeah, it, just he's clutch just, threes. He's incredible.
1: Yeah, he's incredible.
0: Um. Yeah. So, uh, Hawks Hornets happened. Not much to say there. The Hornets laid an egg. Uh, the Hawks will be a dangerous eight seed if they are able to beat the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, Spurs-Pels happening right now. We'll talk about that, maybe update you as we're going on. Let's go to the Western Conference and take a look at the first playoff matchup. We're going to talk about Alex. It's our very own Golden State Warriors versus the Denver Nuggets. Um, before we get into this series, it's a 3-6. The biggest question, Alex, is the Steph Curry injury. He's missed the last month, three weeks of the season. Um with an ankle injury because Marcus Smart's a dumb fuck. Um, I am under the impression that he probably, if we needed him to, could have been back a week or two ago. And I think he'll be ready to roll. I think they're purposefully not telling everyone because you should do that. It's the playoffs. I would be stunned if Curry is not out there for game one. What is your take?
1: I agree. He practiced fully today.
0: Yeah, I watched some videos. It's like this dude's playing. He looks good. Um,
1: I agree. I mean, like if if it gets to the point where he's not feeling great, maybe his minutes are less. But I would also be very surprised if he doesn't play. Um, and it's gonna. Be, I mean, it's gonna be critical. I mean, Clay Thompson said it when he was getting interviewed after uh, the Pelicans game last week. where He said, "You know, Kurt." Uh, Curry is our, our leader and we'll go as far as he takes us in a lot of ways. Right. I mean, without Curry, the warriors are going to have a really tough time.
0: Yeah. Really tough. time. um, but with Curry, they have a lot of pieces that could make themselves very, very dangerous. Um, so let's talk about like what the, what the plan would be for the warriors, what needs to go right for them to win the title. And obviously this series, we'll get to that more when we talk about the nuggets. Um, Obviously, number one, Alex, is Steph Curry's health. We know that. What we saw in the last two weeks, three weeks of the season between Clay Thompson and Jordan Poole, I'm ready to say that Clay Thompson is back. He is firing. I am very confident in Clay. Jordan Poole has turned into a not a superstar, but unbelievable basketball player and is playing big in the fourth quarter and hitting some big shots um those two need to do that for the warriors to win it all that is crucial do you have any concerns about either of them in the playoffs because maybe this is me being a homer and optimistic i'm 100 confident in clay thompson because that dude that dude plays well in big games and jordan Poole mm-hmm. i think has shown me enough to where i i trust him what's your take on those
1: I feel similarly in regards to Clay Thompson. I think that okay. one of the nice things about Clay Thompson is that he has no, um, he he can miss 10 shots and he'll shoot the 11th, right? So yep. he's such a good shooter that it's not going to really impact him. Um, obviously, you know, we're not going to have that two way Clay yet, right? Um, I think he's still getting back defensively in a lot of ways. I think with mm-hmm. Jordan Poole, when you talk about a 30-13 guy, Jordan Poole is that for me right now. I mean, Ooh. I think in a lot of ways, if Jordan Poole is on the higher end of the 30 or 13, we'll be really good. But there will be times where Curry is off, Clay is off. Jordan Jordan Poole has to be that guy, right? Um, and if he is that guy, then I think we're in a really good spot. But if he gets out of whack and starts taking, you know, poor jump shots – Like he hasn't played in a whole lot of really big games like some of these other guys. Um, If there's a way that the Warriors can get him in comfortable positions early in the playoffs Mm -hmm. to where he, you know, every shot isn't a make or we miss and we're out of the playoffs type scenarios where he can get, you know, his feet on the ground and feel comfortable, that would be great. I think for me, in a lot of ways, the X factor for the Warriors is going to be Draymond. You know, when we think about some of the teams that we're going to play in the West, Jokic. Eight
0: Jackson Jr.
1: Jackson Jr. Right. So it's going to be whether Draymond can not necessarily guard these guys and be the best, but can Draymond structure our defense accordingly to where we're not just going to get crushed on the inside for the next 16 games and 16 Mm -hmm. if we win? But point being, that's to me is just going to be critical. I mean, we can have Steph Curry can score. It's like the same thing that we talked about with the Nets, right? Steph Curry can have 40. But if DeAndre Ayton is having 27 and 14, it's going to be really hard to beat some of these other teams.
0: Yeah, and so that is probably the biggest X factor. You're right. Um, So and with the thing with that is it's all on his health, in my opinion. Because if you have a healthy Draymond, I am confident of him and Looney being able to throw something at Jokic. I am. Jokic is going to get his, and I'm going to accept that. But Draymond is a good dude to throw at him. I also, if I have a healthy Draymond, I am not afraid of DeAndre Ayton. He, Draymond can do things throughout a series where Ayton doesn't scare me. They can throw other people at him, like uh, Kevon Looney, who, Jesus, we're trusting that dude a little too much, but he's not Iron Man played 82 games. Um, and then Jackson Jr., does he scare me? Having Draymond on him? No. So it's all in the health. And But I... I don't think it's unreasonable to be skeptical of the health because he was had a back injury this year and what they're asking him to do at his size is insane, but that's why he's also one of the greatest defensive players ever. So if he can stay healthy, he can do it. But I, it's asking a lot to put all that on him. It's a lot.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, one of the other guys that it's so funny that we haven't even said his name yet yet he was an all-star and yeah, Andrew geez. Wiggins, right? I think one of the things that's going to be so interesting is at the end of this playoff, are we sitting here and we're saying, was he, did Andrew Wiggins play? Was he there? Did you, you know, yeah, do have an like- impact on the game? Um, because we talked so much about, especially when Clay Thompson returned that defensively Andrew Wiggins would make up for that. And I think Andrew Wiggins is such a great athlete. Um, I just want to see how influential he's going to be in these series, right? Is he still taking those same jump shots that he was taking at the you know, the beginning of the mm-hmm. season when he had to be the man? Um, if he's playing well and Poole is scoring when others are not scoring, I think we will be they're really tough to beat.
0: They're, they're unstoppable if that happens. If Andrew Wiggins can be Mikael Bridges or Mikael bridges light, I don't see a team beating the Warriors because he's a guy that you can throw at a variety of guys. You can throw him at Devin Booker. You can throw him at Mikhail Bridges. You can throw him at Chris Middleton. You can throw him, theoretically, at KD for a while. I'm not saying he's going to stop any of those guys, but he's a good defender if he is locked in. He's got the physical tools and plays a lot better when Draymond is on. So hopefully with Draymond being back, we can see that continue. Last thing on the Warriors, uh, are you expecting playing time for Jonathan Kaminga in these playoffs?
1: I think so. I think that I think that um, Kerr will find a way. I I I think think Kerr trusts him. him. I think that Kerr does trust him. I think that he. There's a couple times where he has these flashes, and he may be only on the court just due to athleticism. Um, It's just going to be a matter of like when when it becomes playoff basketball. My fear with Kaminga is that he's going to foul out almost immediately.
0: Yeah, and. I feel like they'll have a very short leash with him. Mm-hmm. So it'll be, but a lot of the Warriors, with terms of people playing, when you go down the roster to guys like Looney, Iguodala, Porter jr. Gary Payton, the second it's depending on matchup. They are, I don't think they should be married to a starting lineup necessarily in these playoffs. Um, Cause I think it's going to vary each team you play. Uh, speaking of the team they're playing though, we got the Denver nuggets, led by likely MVP Nikola Jokic, really running a one-man show at this point with Murray and Porter Jr. Um, as of now, they are not supposed to... expected to play in Game 1 or 2, I don't think. But maybe they're hiding it and they're going to show up. I'm not sure. Um, what... Well, can Jokic do this himself? I don't want to sound like a cocky Warriors fan. Like, you know, so, like, could... What is the roadmap, I guess, Alex, for him doing... For the Nuggets winning, I guess. But besides, like, the Warriors guys struggling, like we just talked about how if they did well, like, what do the Nuggets need to do? What can Jokic do? Is there a roadmap? Do they have enough firepower?
1: So, I've been to a few Nuggets games this year. Okay. All yeah. right. Um, they don't look... They never looked that good to me. I test. Like, I... They've got to get themselves in good positions for Jokic to be effective as a triple threat, right? Okay. And if the role players on the on the Nuggets hit the shots that Jokic gets them, that's going to be huge.
0: But you're depending um, on those outer guys, though.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, that's the difference about like Jokic and, and some of like the KD. It's going to be really interesting because Jokic will help his players get theirs as opposed to mm-hmm. it being just KD and,
0: and he's doing his own thing. Um, KD had a lot of assists last night, but I know what point you're making. Yeah. I, just, yeah, I exactly, didn't want some exactly. angry troll to come at us about KD. Like, <laughs> we both know KD is very good. I know what point Alex is making though.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's just, it is for the same reason that KD is not yeah. in the MVP conversation right now. Right. Yep. There's just so many tools in Jokic's tool belt. Um, but you take some that's of these other one. guys, like uh, like is Austin Rivers going to do anything in the playoffs? Um, Not
0: a good place to be.
1: Yeah, and and you know I was talking with uh, my friend Grant the other day. He was saying mm-hmm. one of the things that he was going to be curious about is what does the the Bones Highland Jordan Pool plus minus look like at the end of this series? Ooh.
0: What a match, so That's a, that's it's
1: a, a really interesting idea. Like which one of these guys? just plays above their pay grade
0: heat check who, who who can go give us them a heat check and maybe steal a game if you're on the nuggets side um all right let's uh i'm gonna force us to do this who wins and how many games i'm going to start we'll, we'll switch off with who starts each round i'm gonna say warriors in five
1: i'm gonna go warriors
0: in six okay all right we will check in on these of course next series we have is the four or five matchup in the west Mavericks versus Jazz. Uh, there's a lot up in the air before the series happens, folks. Is Luka Doncic gonna play? He got that weird injury, or not weird, but just not good injury on the last day of the season on his calf, right? It was his I believe. Calf. Yeah, and um, everything about the Mavericks depends on him. If he's not playing, they're screwed. If he is, I think they've put some good pieces around him this year. And I think that I would expect them to pretty easily dismantle the Jazz. But if you have no Luca, I could see the Jazz winning pretty easily. Uh, what's your take on? I mean, that's it's hard to give a take, but what do you think about it?
1: Yeah, it's gonna be. I mean, we could have we could do this whole thing right. Um, and if Luca doesn't play or doesn't play significant amounts of time, uh, it's gonna be the Jazz. Um, Mm -hmm. but Luca has been red hot. So Luca does play, but even if Luca does play, like, what does that mean in the game one? What does that mean in the game two? I mean, is is he still getting Mm -hmm. up to speed? Um, yeah, I mean, the jazz got their own problems. Like the the jazz are open to lose, right? I mean, that's a classic playoff jazz fashion, right? They're, they're waiting for someone to come beat them. It always feels like,
0: and it's going to implode.
1: Yeah. So we'll, we'll get to the jazz here in a second, but um. Yeah. I mean, the everything, everything from the Mavericks' perspective just rides on Luca,
0: right? Because I, I like the things they've done. Dwight Powell's been very good this year. Dinwiddie's fit in well. They uh, played a little better defense. luca has been playing at such a high level. Um. But again, it just it all depends on if that dude's on the floor. Um. On the Jazz side, it's the Jazz. We've seen this same song and dance for three to four years now. Um, and now at the, this point, it's pretty clear that Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert do not like each other. Uh, Alex, you were talking about how what if it would be cool if one day Anthony Edwards went to the Knicks. I think Donovan Mitchell going to the Knicks this summer is likely. If the Jazz lose this series, I think he will request a trade, and I could think I could see them blowing this up if Donovan Mitchell asks out, and then I don't see them rebuilding again with Gobert. I don't know though. I'm just a guy who watches basketball. Um, is there any saving this duo, this team? I mean, I guess they beat a uh, hurt Mavericks team, and they're in the second round, and they get steamrolled by one of these teams. Does that change anything?
1: It feel. I mean, you say it, you you said it right. Like it feels as though we've seen this team. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. we've seen we we've seen this play out. I mean, when you go through the roster, uh, it it even feels weird to even call Rudy Gobert, in uh, Donovan Mitchell a duo. You know, it's like they they almost seem each just each like two completely separate people that happen to be playing on the same team. Mm-hmm. It's like it's like someone it's like the, in, in the NFL, right? Yes, a quarterback and a cornerback are on the same team, but they're just doing totally different things.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't so
1: so I no, you can't have that in basketball. It? <laughs> it's tough. You know, so you know, I wouldn't be surprised, right? Like depending on Lucas status, you know, we see Utah catch a series, but I don't think they go far. It almost feels like some of those old Portland series where yeah, they might win you know the yeah, first series, but then you then you get up into the upper echelon of the teams, right? The the Suns, the Warriors, the Grizz. And they just get crushed. Like the the, yeah. the the gap becomes so significant at that point.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um I, I do think that the the jazz again, Luca being the asterisk here, are out in the first or second round. And I do not think that we see the same jazz team in the playoffs
0: next year. I am 100% there with you. Um, Well, we're putting ourselves on the spot. Um, I'm going to make us guess a prediction for this series, but I think the people will be easy on us, giving what we don't know right now. I am going to bet that Luca comes back. Maybe he doesn't come back game one, but this dude's a warrior. I think he's going to do everything in his power to come back and play, which might mean... That we see the Mavericks win in seven games, with Luca maybe missing the first game in a minutes restriction in the second game, but then eventually this jazz team, this jazz team could blow a three zero lead. That's that team is dying to blow a three zero lead. So I'll take the Mavs in seven. I'm not saying it's gonna go up three zero, but I think the Mavs in seven.
1: I think for the jazz, they're gonna show up as if this is a last hurrah. Uh, and I they like each other? Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if you how badly you want to go out on each other. (laughs) I think that they do know that this is gonna be the end of it. Um I'm gonna go I'm gonna go jazz in
0: seven. All right. Well, hopefully we get a seven game series. That'd be exciting. I would love to see Luca come back from down like he Luca comes back and they're down two oh and he's like, All right, I'll do it. So That would be great to see. Next uh, series, this is going to be a fun one. This is going to be an incredibly fun one. Grizzlies, T-Wolves. We saw the T-Wolves get in as the seven seed last night in the playing tournament, or two nights ago, excuse me. Um, Before we get into, I guess we uh, we can explore the players on both teams in these scenarios based on this question. Is this series going to be close?
1: Uh, I don't think so, but I think that's going to be fun to watch. Like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if the games are good, but we still find the Grizzlies up 3-1, right? Okay. Um, I think what we saw from the Timberwolves, minus Carlton Towns, kind of gets to their glass ceiling, if you will. Like, I don't think yeah. the, the Wolves are going to be the greatest team ever. And I think that you and I, as Warriors fans, have watched enough D'Lo, uh, D-Lo to say that, like, it's he's going to have a game where he sucks. Yeah. And it might happen multiple times, right? Like yeah. the game that he had, uh, we're not gonna see it again, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. So I think this could be a really good series. I'm really excited for it. I haven't watched like a whole lot of Grizzlies basketball this year, so I'm just excited to watch them play. And I think coming in our transition from the jazz, like the jazz and the Grizzlies could not be more opposite, right? It's, like, <laughs> every single person on the Grizzlies loves each other. really fast, small team. Uh, -hmm. it's gonna be awesome, but it's also, yeah, but it's also gonna be like to be fair, they won some big games last year, right, to get into the playoffs against the Warriors. Um, so they have some experience, but I also wouldn't be surprised if you know they are still a really young core. And like, at what point do they just start, you know, running gun in basketball? Because in the playoffs, it's gonna get really physical, the game slows down, uh, people shoot the ball worse. Um, which, which might play in their advantage considering they're just, you know, kind of a running gun team, but um, it's going to be cool to watch. I'm excited for that series. Mm-hmm.
0: I am too on the, like we've talked about the T wolves enough to a point where, with when I'm talking about the Grizzlies this year, um, the stat you always hear is they went like 20 and two without job ja Morant or something. And that is incredible. That is very cool. The, one of the biggest takeaways, Alex, I think, I've had in the last five years of watching basketball maybe the biggest is a most of the time the regular season does not matter and the playoffs are a completely different thing and so the Grizzlies have this incredible incredible season with winning without John Moran well One thing for sure, and this isn't enough, they need John Morant to win this series. They need John Morant to be any good in the playoffs. So that's not going to suffice. Congratulations, you did that in the regular season. You're not going to be able to do that in the playoffs. The other thing is, yeah, they were in some big games, but they got housed by the Jazz last year. And they've talked a lot of shit this year, this team. So their team's going to be coming after them. I say all of this, and it's just tough to be like, oh yeah, Carl Anthony Towns is going to be the one that takes them out, though.
1: so i, I agree I, it's, it's the matchup that makes it a little bit more difficult here
0: yeah second round i think like if they're playing the warriors they're playing whoever the suns mavericks i mean i think they would play their the yeah they play the warriors i think that's when you'll see those things more um but i i expect in this series anthony edwards to to steal a game or game or two i would say um mm-hmm. it could be wrong but uh give us a give us a, a prediction here Alex what do you got
1: I think i'm going to go grizz in 5 okay
0: okay i'm going to take you one further i'm going to say grizz in 6 um i'm going to say that we're going to get two very good anthony edwards games and in one of those two uh, not only will anthony edwards be good we'll get a good cat game so maybe they steal two but i mean I wouldn't be stunned if it was a sweep, I guess. But we'll see. Uh, we'll end with this because we don't know what the exact... We'll end the Western Conference with this because we don't know what the exact matchup is yet. Um, it's going to be the Suns versus the Clippers or the winner of the Pelicans and Spurs. Um, this, is, this is in a series, the Suns, basically. The, the Suns are going to sweep all three of these teams. It doesn't matter. The only way that changes... Is if Kawhi Leonard shows up and the Clippers are the eight seed and Kawhi is ready to fucking go, that is the only thing that is stopping the Suns from sweet not sweeping any of these three teams. The Suns are a juggernaut, um, and I think that they're the type of team too that beats the crap out of bad teams. Like they're gonna steamroll whoever they play, with the caveat because who knows about Kawhi? Lord knows mm-hmm. we don't. If Kawhi Leonard comes out and is like, "Prime Kawhi," the clip, the Clippers could win it all then. So that's just a kind of a a crazy thing to think about. So my official prediction, without knowing the matchups, is Suns in four.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's Suns in in four, four, and maybe five or six against the Clippers. They're going to beat all the teams. Um, it's, it's funny that you bring up the, that the Suns just beat bad teams. I think that's always been the Warriors' problem, especially in the regular season. We lose to bad teams and beat really good teams, whereas mm-hmm. sometimes in the, in the Suns, like, you know, we almost beat the Suns, what, a couple weeks ago. So mm-hmm. the Suns are going to crush anyone in the first round. I mean, I don't think that's going to be a problem at all. Um, I think the Suns also got a good pick of the litter in this play. I think the Suns but. are going to crush so,
0: until they get to the Western Conference Finals.
1: They're going to they're crush until they have to deal with the Warriors.
0: Yeah, because I, I think... I think the Suns would obliterate the Grizzlies. I agree. I think the teams that could beat the Suns in the NBA are the Warriors, the Bucks, and then like Celtics with the healthy Rob Williams, Brooklyn. I don't know. I don't want to go too deep on that list, but the Suns are going to be good. If we can get a Suns-Warriors Western Conference Finals, that would be fantastic. Like, I don't we know both how many Suns... more
1: Chris Paul, Chris Paul Curry, you know, full playoff series we're going to get uh and I'd, be love a real a, treat. I'd love
0: one more yeah, that'd be so sweet that'd be so sweet uh really quick before we go to the east is greg popovich gonna retire man like i could definitely see the popovich most just wins. saying
1: that you know i don't he's think greg popovich is to do a to do a victory tour
0: oh yeah he's never he would never do that at least i don't think I, I, I mean, I don't know. I
1: wouldn't be surprised. That'd be sad. Maybe
0: yeah, he said yeah, the, that, end you said, "Coach era. K,
1: Coach K did the retirement this year. I'll have to do it next year." <laughs>
0: oh lord. Um, let's go to the Eastern Conference. First series we're going to talk about is the three six. The Bucks are playing the Bulls. This series will be a rout. It's going to be Bucks and four. Well, I want to talk about with this is. Are the Bucks the best team in basketball? Should they, are they the favorites in your mind to win it all? And is Giannis the best player in basketball?
1: I think the answer to all of those is yes. It it feels like one of those years that. um, The media. And a, and a lot of basketball fans, like, we've done the Giannis thing for a couple of years with the same reason he's not even really close in MVP talks right now. It just it's kind of feels you like, oh, the, the Bucks are doing the same thing the Bucs do. But Giannis is so good. Giannis is so good. The rest of that team is so good. Middleton's been playing well. Even George Hill's been playing well. Like, it it just feels as though we're not going to know it until they route the Bulls. Like you said, I think it's going to be a sweep. Um, and then everyone says, oh, yeah, they're still here.
0: Yeah, I. there is – um. well, we'll get to this at the end, but I, I – the specific thing. But I see, like, the the Bucks. I think, should be the favorite to win it all this year. And the parallel I draw, looking back through the NBA history, this feels like 2000, 2001, like Shaq like when he like three-peated i know you have obviously have kobe on that team and kobe is better than anyone that the bucks have but it's just kind of like who's gonna stop this guy and Mm -hmm. it just he gets scarier every year and he like no i love shaq one of my favorite players ever Giannis is like kind of a maniac when it comes to like wanting to get better training like he's become a good free throw shooter like I, I mean, he hit that him.
1: that shot earlier to oh, send the Nets game into overtime and then they it's beat over. him in overtime.
0: So it's, over if that's
1: it, it, it's those things where you're just like, man, we all just kind of forgot how unbelievably good he is. And, and those guys, like they're now veterans when it comes to playoff basketball, and that's like human. they have, they have all of the the attributes of being just a really, really good playoff team as opposed to a really good regular season team. I think they're just both.
0: Yeah. And, um, there was a level of Giannis this year of him like, I don't care about the MVP. I don't care about these things. I care about winning. And uh, if I had to choose anyone to win it all, they would be my number one pick. And uh, yeah, Giannis is the best player in basketball. It's a different question. when It's like, okay, you're down by like one or two with 24 seconds left. Who do you want? That's different. You want Kevin mm-hmm. Durant probably. But that's different. What Giannis does, and he's an Iron Man in terms of Injury-wise, mostly. He's just incredible. Um, So we're both in bucks and four. But let's talk about the Bulls really quick. What do we make of this season? Very high highs with DeRozan with a big year. Uh, Levine looked like he was growing defensively, but then a little injuries kind of here and there. Caruso looked like a perfect fit. Injuries take him out. Or Grayson Allen, excuse me, takes him out. Um, Vucevic, like, pretty good. Okay. Pat Williams hurt Lonzo hurt no expectations going into the playoffs after they were so hyped, like at the all-star break. What, 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 ha- what do we do? Like, I don't I don't know what to feel.
1: Yeah. I think um, it, it feels like this whole narrative. I mean, obviously this whole narrative is so different if they had the same season, but if it was flipped, you know, like, Oh yeah, this, this, this team seems like a team that, is going to go on a run like they're all such good athletes and are really skilled basketball players it just never felt like they had the consistency to win over the course of a 72 game season yeah. um, if they had started off slow and then started hitting their their like their basically the beginning first third in the in the last third um i think this whole Completely story looks a lot different even if their record is the same right yeah you're right um but yeah, injuries are really hard to deal with, and not even that the player is out, but now they have just all these rotating. I mean, how many times have they started with the same five in the last, you know, three Probably not months? Not very much. So it's a bummer to see. I mean, we were just talking about that before the post started. They were my they, they were my sneaky championship team. Um, obviously I chose that wrong, but you know, it it, it they they had some fun attributes of a of a playoff team. I'm glad they're in the playoffs. Obviously, I think it's gonna be fun mm-hmm. to watch them for a bit. They're gonna get crushed, but um, <laughs> it was cool to see Demar Derozan be good. Honestly, like it was cool yeah. to see Zach Levine be good, uh, and Lonzo was good at Bath pass- Lonzo was good, and um, they I think if they, have a, if they have another go at it, same core next year. I mean, I think that uh, I don't think that they're a championship caliber team in any sense. Like, you need a superstar to win a championship. If that, yep. like you, you have to have a superstar. And I don't, I don't think they have that. But nonetheless, great team to watch.
0: Yep. Um, So we're both a sweep on the Bucks. bulls We'll go now to the 4-5 matchup, which is the 76ers versus the Raptors. A couple notes from the top. Uh, So Thiebel will not be allowed to play in road games because of Canada, right? And you can't be I Just really quick. I mean, like, kind of seems like a weirdly unfair advantage to the Raptors in a way. Like, I'm not... I'm not trying to get into, do you get the vaccine? Do you not? Just a kind of little, little part of me is just like kind of unfair. But I guess you could say that if someone on the Raptors was not vaccinated, that the same rule applies to them. Is that how it probably should be looked at?
1: Yeah, I suppose. I I mean, the person that I think about in that scenario is Joel Embiid. If I was Joel Embiid, I would just be thinking to myself, and, and i feel like this has been reported a lot right like he is he wants to win a championship it seems like more than anything in the world yeah. and i'm just curious like what does that do in a locker room when you have a guy who's like no for whatever reason i'm not going to get the vaccine and i'm willing to sacrifice not a team goal winning you have yeah. a team goal like that that's that's more so the interesting thing to me whether he's going to get it or not is whatever you know it's his decision but uh, yeah. i just am curious in a in a locker room if you're just like hey man you know we have one goal the one thing that we are here to do is to win a championship and mm-hmm. the idea that we will do everything possible to do that uh obviously he doesn't he doesn't want to do that fine okay mm-hmm. um i just am curious what does that do to a to a locker room no. like for any for any reason right. like even go back to like what rodman was doing on the bowls like for, for anything to take away from the ultimate goal of winning a championship
0: Yeah, it's just weird to put the players in that position, I guess, is how I look at it, Mm -hmm. where it's like one team can put players in a different situation than the other 29. It kind of is like, well, maybe the fair thing would be to do is have your home games in Tampa Bay like you did last year so that it's uniform throughout the league. That's what. But, I I mean, there was mandates in New York and San Francisco, all this stuff. I think that there needs to be more of an emphasis on uniformity throughout the league because – For better, it's like a a weird, like wrinkle into the series in the game that I don't want to fucking talk about.
1: (laughs) No, I know. It's just gonna be. It's just gonna be. It's gonna be hard, right? Like watching the series, and you're watching the the games in Toronto, and being like,
0: "Well, Mm. Danny Green has to play 40 minutes tonight,
1: (laughs) and that's not good." (laughs) So. Uh, it's weird. And it's a bummer uh for, in my opinion, it's just a bummer for Joel, right? Like this dude wants to yeah. win, then go win mm-hmm. and find a way. Everyone's so, just we'll letting see.
0: Joel down. Everyone. Ben Simmons I let know. him down. Is that James Harden's <laughs> about to, let's talk about that. Is James Harden going to show up? And if you're the 76ers and he just sucks in these playoffs, are you like, fuck it? Let's just get rid of him. Let's just trade him. Like we'll sign him. And then whoever wants him, like I, I, because there's part of me that's like, I don't know if he's ever replaced, like getting back, and he might be. I don't know, he might be washed.
1: I wanted James Harden to be good when he went to Philly. I wanted it. I wanted him to say, "Fuck the Nets, I'm going, I'm going to Philly, I'm gonna do it." Um, he just had such an odd career. Like, you know, oh, he yeah. had these teams in Houston that were so good, and it almost felt like that was that was it. Or it felt like at the time, okay, James Harden is gonna be really good. Whatever team he goes to, like they will also then be in the in conference finals games. But it just has not played out that way, and I don't know if it's like with changing of rules and him not being as impactful. But it's just it's so weird to watch James Harden now and not feel That's the so fear weird. that I felt in those playoff series. Every every time he touched the ball, he's gonna score every single time. Right.
0: And it's just uh, now there. it's not
1: that it's just not that anymore. There's no, it doesn't feel like the energy is there The desire to win is not there. Um, mm-hmm. And I also don't think that it's not like he's going to a program that has like the best locker room. No,
0: in the Doc world. Doc Rivers is their coach and Doc sucks. Yeah, Sorry, that's, it, that's rude. But I don't think Doc's I mean, a very good coach <laughs> just at this
1: point. It, it, it's, it's just, it's just like, like, is Doc the guy? Like, I think Doc is such a player's coach. And I just don't mm-hmm. think that the Nets need a players coach what the nets the need is or yeah the seven with the 76ers need yeah. it's not a it's not a players coach they need an x's and those guys it's mm-hmm. like hey this is what your role is this is what you need to do on the basketball court and 100%. win in that fashion um <laughs> you
0: know who'd be not great for them? not Rivers. nick nurse
1: nick nurse would be <laughs> great yeah Nick Nurse.
0: <laughs> so, a problem. guy just like
1: not put up with bullshit and be like we're here to play basketball and not yeah. all this other foo-foo
0: mm-hmm. um On the side of, uh, last thing, because we're talking about all this, with all this shit, Embiid's not going to get the MVPs, having to deal with all this crap. There is a possibility that we just see Joel Embiid go out and put like 44 and 12 every night and something incredible. And I don't want to rule that out because the Raptors are a very good defensive team, but there's only so much you can do to stop Joel Embiid.
1: Yeah, I think... And we've seen this happen before. I, I think that the I think Philly will beat Toronto. Mm-hmm. And I think watching the series in which because Philly's not going to win the championship, but I think watching the series in which Joel and the Sixers lose is going to be like in the movies where you're watching like the Gladiator and it's like their final stand and they're like getting shot with arrows, uh, but they're like still killing guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, it's going to be like that where you're watching yeah. like,
1: oh, my God, he's still playing. He's still going. He's still dunking it and he wants it, but they're going to lose. You know, yeah. it, it's going to feel
0: like that, um, which sucks, which sucks. Yeah, but it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Look at the Raptors side. Pascal Siakam, not a superstar, but he's incredibly undervalued. And he's been huge for them this year after a disappointing year last year. Uh, Scotty Barnes is going to be a problem in the MVP or in the NBA. He might be the rookie of the year this year. I mean, and obviously we know about Fred VanVleet. We know what we can do, what he can do. If you were to tell me that the Raptors beat the 76ers, I'm not shocked. Again, I'm not picking the Raptors in this series. I'm with you. I think the Sixers will win. But I'm not surprised if the Raptors do because of those guys we mentioned. And I believe that Nick Nurse is – Probably the best coach in basketball. I mean, you got to put Eric Spolster in the conversation. And Monty Williams is great. Um, I, there's a lot of guys. But um, I think Nick Nurse, I'd take him probably over anyone.
1: Yeah, Nick Nurse, clutch sports. But, yes. What? Um, what? Yeah, pretty, Nick Nurse is a
0: clutch sports guy. You're
1: kidding <laughs>
0: Okay, he's not the best coach in the NBA. Spo is, <laughs> uh, but,
1: but I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Um, um, fuck. But but the but the point being the point being is that Toronto, whether it's this year or or next year, most likely is good. They got a good core. Um, mm-hmm. As long as Nick Nurse is there, Shockham's there, and his obviously Barnes being. Rookie of the year, great. Okay, well, what are you gonna do next year when it's actually you know push comes to shove?
0: Yeah, it'll be it'll be cool to see how they respond in this series, um, especially Scotty Barnes. If you think about it, with no Thybul in some of those games, that might have been the matchup they had on him, right? So I mean, taking advantage of Thybul's a great defender. Take advantage of that. Um, Celtics Nets, best series in the first round. Best first round series I can remember, like of a being hyped for. I'm not saying it's gonna be the best one ever, because the best ones are sometimes the biggest like upsets. Uh, but this, this is just gonna be an incredible basketball series between a very good Boston Celtics team and a good Nets team that has very, very good two players on it who can single handedly win games. Um, the biggest thing, Alex, is the Celtics not having Robert Williams, Bruce Brown made a point about that last night katie told him basically to shut up because they have horford and tice but what do you think are the celtics going to be able to beat this brooklyn team without rob oh really quick without rob williams but how many games do we have the 76ers beating the raptors in i have them beating them in seven i will also go seven okay yeah good 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 um the rob williams question though
1: I think it's going to be tough. Like, I mean, the Celtics have played really, really well. I think what I'm going to be just so curious about is just how dominant. I, th- I feel like it's going to be one of those games where we'll know game one. You know? Um, or one of those series that we'll note game one. Can anyone guard KD to the point where can he really get any shot that he wants? And it's also going to be like the the the, the Kyrie part of it. Just the anger
0: the boston crowd's gonna be electric
1: right angry. um <laughs> very angry i would say that that series is probably going to be the best series one of the best series that we'll see mm-hmm. um but yeah i i i think the rob williams series is, is huge i i also think that which i'm excited for is we're going to see a couple you know 40 pieces from tatum which i yeah. just think is going to be awesome right that's, that's, my... that's for sure going to happen and that's going to be great to see
0: that's the most interesting thing about this series to me because the Celtics have a good team, good coach. Brooklyn has two elite players, superstars, but I mean, Steve Nash is a good coach, I'm not saying that. They just have some shakier pieces around them. This is an opportunity for Jason Tatum. This is an opportunity for Jason Tatum to go be the best player in this series and take that leap. Jason Tatum, since his rookie year, has been someone who we have all said he's going to be a superstar. Wouldn't be surprised if that dude averages 31 days, the best on a championship team. That's what the hype was for him. This could be the opportunity, because it usually comes a little before you think it's going to come, and it would be him going against Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. This is his moment, and if Jason Tatum can step up, I know this is just the same to a lesser extent is being said about Jalen Brown, too. In my opinion, Jalen Brown needs to have a good series. This is a huge moment for them. And it's just so hard to, to decipher what I think is going to happen in this series.
1: Yeah, I kind of think I wonder if in the locker room, Jason Tatum is kind of looking at Jalen Brown and, and looking at Marcus Smart and say, hey, you guys deal with Kyrie and I will do my best to score as many points to lessen the blow of
0: yeah. Kevin Durant. He he needs to have, and I the reason I'm saying this needs is because I think he's capable of it. He needs to have like a hold my beer moment, like hey guys, I fucking got this. I'm I am that dude. I am going to go win this game. I am J like he's capable of doing something like that. So um, the idea of him doing that is very very exciting to me. Um, other things, I mean we're a little worried about the minutes on Katie and Kyrie, but there's nothing we can do there. Uh, I don't expect to see Ben Simmons either. And I don't really want to get too much into Ben Simmons, but like, I, you don't expect to see him, do you? No, I think we'll see him next year. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I think even if like the Nets went to the finals, I don't think we're going to see Ben Simmons. But that I could be wrong. Agreed. I don't think so though. Um, Agreed. It, this it, we gotta we gotta answer the toughest question probably of the podcast right now, Alex. Do you want me to go first, or do you want to go first? What is your take on who's going to win this series?
1: I'm going to go.
2: Brooklyn.
0: In six. Couldn't have said it any better myself. I am also Brooklyn in six. All those things I said about Jason Tatum. All could be true. He could be have amazing. But Kevin Durant is the baddest dude on the planet.
1: It just feels – it doesn't feel right to bet against Kevin Durant. Like, Kevin Durant will be the best player in the series. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of who comes in in that second slot. Does Kyrie yeah. play out of his mind, or does Jason Tatum play out of his mind? Because I think there's a solid chance that KD's averaging 30, <laughs> 35 a game. Um, dude's an animal.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds like a very good defensive team, we should know. Probably, the, I think, the best defensive team in the NBA this season. Certainly the best NBA team Defensively since January, it'll be curious to see. I'll be curious to see what they throw at Durant because the last night in Cleveland, Durant had like seven or eight assists because they were throwing so many doubles at him. And the mm-hmm. Celtics are a good defensive team. Um, and I believe Yudoka was the assistant coach of the Nets last year. But I don't know how much that helps you against Kevin Durant. So, yeah, we'll you can say. have
1: the whole rule book of Kevin Durant, and I don't even know if it would help. But yeah, it's going to be awesome.
0: I can't wait. All right. So we're both at Brooklyn in six there. Um, last thing, uh, and then I'll let you go, Alex. We got the Heat versus the winner of the Atlanta Hawks, Cleveland. Um, first question, who are you taking? This will be tonight when this releases. This is releasing tomorrow afternoon, so this will be before the game. Who are you taking in Atlanta, Cleveland, and why? So, I'm gonna take
1: Cleveland. I'm gonna take Cleveland. Ooh, I think okay. that Cleveland is like the better team. I think that Trey Young is probably still the best player potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't think. I think that I think the Cavaliers played worse than they are against the Nets. I agree. Um, and and I, I think top to bottom, I, they're just a really interesting team, and I think that they want it really badly. I think we've talked about this so much with about the Hawks this year. It always felt to me like the Hawks, right, they have a good year in the bubble, and then it felt like they expected that to happen again, and it just yeah, they, doesn't really happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think for me, I think the Cavs want it, and I think the Cavs are hungry, and okay. um, I'm going to go Cavaliers. I'm going to go Cavaliers.
0: Okay. I, um, you mentioned how you think Trey Young can be the best player in the series. Probably is. I, that's me. I think the Hawks are going to win for two reasons. Primarily Trey Young, and that's no shot at Darius Garland. I think he's spectacular, but I just think Trey Young's that dude. He's gonna win this this big game. Um, and two, while I think that you're right, the Cavs are a, probably a better team. And they do have a vet in Kevin Love, who has been there, and you saw the importance of that in the Brooklyn game. Atlanta was just in the Eastern Conference Finals. A lot, uh, Darius Garland was mm-hmm. not. Evan Mobley was not. And I love, I like, I like those guys. They had good years. So I'm just gonna bet on the experience in this game. Um, but I guess it is in Cleveland. Yeah, and what and, does the
1: energy look like? Right, like
0: first time yeah, Cleveland's been
1: there since LeBron was there. I mean, it's just going to be interesting. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see. I think it's going to be a really cool game. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and I wonder what it means, right, in a game like this to be coming off of a loss as opposed to a win. Like, what does it mean for the Hawks? Like, Yeah, we just blew out the Hornets.
2: I saw that with the Grizzlies
0: winning last year in the play and the Warriors losing to the Lakers, and the Grizzlies took that. So that momentum could totally be a thing. Yeah, Um, 100%. But you you mentioning how they haven't been there since LeBron, which is obvious. I don't know why you didn't think of that. That atmosphere could be crazy, dude. That could be wild. Okay, so let's go um, in terms of the Heat versus either of these teams. um, Do you think either team, so in your case, you think the Cavaliers are going to win this game. Do you think the Cavs could beat the Heat? No. Okay. Um, I will say I think the Hawks could beat the Heat. But I don't think it's likely. But like, if you were to say which team is more likely to beat them, I think the Hawks because of Trey – I think you'd probably agree like, yeah, he just has the capability. But um, what I want to point out is, and I'm guilty of this because the way I just started talking about the heat, the heat are the number one team in the Eastern conference, are they not getting enough respect, Alex?
1: (laughs) No, it's been going on for a couple of years now, (laughs) but, but I wonder, I mean, it's one of those things we've talked about it before. Like, what does it mean to be a good regular season team? And what does it mean to be a good playoff team?
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Like, is Jimmy Butler that guy in the playoffs?
0: Is Tyler Hero going to be able to be your best offensive player in the clutch in the playoffs? He's been that this year, but can he do that against, I mean, shit like Tatum or Brown or like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And, and, and you think about the year that they, that they went far, Duncan Robinson played out of his mind. Duncan Robinson oh, yeah. is not that guy. Right.
0: Uh-uh. He's so, not.
1: Um, I think that the heat will beat either team. Mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, w- I would say the Hawks have a better chance. I would probably say it's going to, in my opinion, it's going to be heat and five uh, against either team.
0: Okay. But having Fine. said that,
1: yeah, I think Trey Young will try to make it interesting. But again, like when we talk about Anthony Edwards maybe stealing a game, that's how I would view the Hawks playing the heat is that Trey Young might steal a game. Um, he's not going to steal a series. I don't think that Jimmy Butler will let that happen. Um But but, but it could be, you
0: know. Yeah. Um, I am going to sound a little hypocritical because I was hyping up how the Hawks could, like, potentially, like, theoretically beat the Heat. Um, They theoretically could, but they're not going to. I think the Heat are going to sweep them. Because I do think that what you mentioned on how they're, like, underrated year after year, I think this year it's gotten to, like, kind of an extreme point where it's like they're the number one seed in the Eastern Conference, and I think they might have the fourth highest odds of any Eastern Conference team to make the finals. And it's like, they're a very good team. They've also been there. Bam Adebayo's incredible. Spell, like we've mentioned, just great. Jimmy Butler, he's not going to die, or he's not going to like quit. He's, he's going to fucking die trying. Um, so I think we're on the same page there. You have Heaton 5, I have Heaton 4. I, let's end it with this question, Alex, and thank you for being on. We've enjoyed you. Um, is there and what is it a roadmap t- for the NBA finals to the heat to win it? Is it possible? And I'll be because I'll go after and I'll be like, I'll, I'll be brutally honest because I, I, I'm thinking about it pretty hard. Is it possible? Like what could everything go right and we see Tyler Hero, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, NBA champions.
1: Yeah, I would have to, I need to look at the bracket. It will not happen if they have to play
0: They're going like, to play need... the winner of Philly Toronto.
1: Okay. And that's
0: key. And so they'll get That
1: that gives them a shot,
0: right? And they're getting like... whoever between the Bucks, Celtics, whatever on that side of the bracket at home. Yeah, I
1: mean time. I think I think that 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 is at least the minimum. If they had to go play uh Brooklyn or they had to play Milwaukee um in the semifinals, uh screwed. Yeah. You're not gonna beat both of them. But yeah. if they if you have to deal with Milwaukee, like let's say the Nets beat Boston, Milwaukee goes at it for a while, and then you just are like hammering Giannis again
0: at a buy for another guy maybe for another six it.
1: games um i think i think that there's a, i think that there's a path there to get to the eastern conference finals for sure um mm-hmm. but then you're playing you're either playing Giannis or you're either playing KD. i just don't see him beating them
0: i don't know i, I it's weird like i i why can i see like theoretically a world where they somehow make the finals but I can't see a world where they beat the Suns or Warriors. Like, I can't see them winning at all. I could see them somehow getting there, but I think the Suns and Warriors would both beat them, which is why, like, I can't... I also... I don't really see them losing to the Bucks. I don't know how that could happen, but...
1: Yeah, I, no, no, I, feels, I feel and similarly... This, is disrespect, maybe.
0: this maybe, No, I know, dude, I
1: know. I think it kind of depends it, depends... it depends also probably on, like, what do those series look like, right? Like, let's say, let's say uh 76ers be Toronto like can can Miami handle them in five just just keep rolling right well, there's
0: slug fests on the other side
1: well there's slug vests on the other side
0: that's a good point. but again that, I mean they're, they're good on that
1: spole's the man so yeah what can't put it past him
0: nothing better than the NBA playoffs ladies and gentlemen Alex is going to be back we're going to be talking all about this we're loving it um enjoy I hope you're enjoying uh the playing games as we've had so far. Enjoy tonight. Uh, we are going to have uh probably New Orleans because they are up by nineteen on the Spurs. We're gonna have New Orleans versus the Clippers in Los Angeles, and then we'll also have the uh Cavs versus the Hawks in Cleveland, and then the first round will be here before you know it. So, Alex, thank you so much for joining, my friend. It's always a pleasure. Yep. Thank you so much. All right, we'll be right back. All right, Andrew Radcliffe, welcome in, my friend.
2: Good to be back, Bero. Got some stories to talk about. Baseball is hot, and conveniently we're recording after the Giants take 2-3 and against the Padres.
0: Huge stuff for the boys from the Bay. Um, We'll get to that. Also, a little programming note. The Pineapple Couch will be taking its yearly retreat to San Diego, as we do, and we will be headed back down for the Giants-Padres series, I believe, the weekend after 4th of July, so pineapple couch listeners you know where we'll be i'm sure you're gonna swarm us like you did last year um okay we're gonna talk all sorts of stuff here we're gonna start with a little nfl i got a fun game for us to play and then um we're gonna talk all things baseball and then a little rogue star wars question for big dog at the end of this um but cool. andrew the first thing is that i just want to talk about because there's really not too much concrete shit happening with it right now, at least, is the Debo Samuel contract situation or trade situation. So Debo, arguably top three most impactful player offensively last year, like Cooper Cup, Jonathan Taylor, Debo Samuel. I mean, that's off the top of my head, but he's in that category, top five, top 10, whatever. He was unbelievably dynamic. And he's seen Tyreek Hill. He's seen Devontae Adams. He's seen all these guys get massive contracts, right? And so he wants to get paid. And this is a tale as old as time. This is something that happens basically with every good young player. If the 49ers trade Debo Samuel, that is unbelievably stupid. And it strikes me as maybe some sort of arrogance from Kyle Shanahan, thinking he d- it doesn't matter, he can just plug in. Um, because I'll get to you in a second, but I think Debo should 100% be asking for a lot of money right now because all those other receivers – Yeah, they get their money, but you know what they don't do, Andrew? They're not also running backs. And we see the wear and tear on running backs. It's like he's not – he's unbelievable, but he's not as big as some of those running backs. So you would assume the wear and tear at some point is a little worrisome. So I think, yeah, Debo, get your money in the Niners. Pay him.
2: Yeah, he got hurt towards the end of the year. So it's probably kind of a similar Kyler Murray situation where he's Mm -hmm. like, I'll probably get hurt again a little bit, especially the way you guys use me. Yeah. And the Niners—they're all in right now. So if you're going to trade Debo Samuel, or even thinking of not paying this guy when you're going to be all in, uh, yeah, doesn't make sense to me.
0: Yeah, and especially—I mean, the Jimmy G trade rumors—we're not sure what's going to happen there. I kind of think he's going to end up being there and starting. <laughs> like lot. actually, I think that. But let's operate under the presumption, Andrew, that they're going to maybe they want to go with Trey Lance, right? You know, it would be really nice for Trey Lance to develop in the NFL. Debo Samuel. He, that
2: yeah, would Debo be Samuel helpful. would help, you know, a lot of growing pains like Tyreek Hill and yeah. covers Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Debo so, Samuel's.
0: um I I would be stunned if they trade him. I mean, what's the most terrifying landing spot for him? If you're gonna assume the Niners would trade them him out of the NFC, maybe. Um,
2: yeah, that'd suck if the Chiefs got him, right?
0: <laughs> that would suck. That would really trade suck. Most the back. Broncos, if they got him somehow, that would suck. I mean, that's all AFC that West. Like be- realistically, though, I could see a team like the Ravens being interested in him. And Green Bay. No, it's in the NFC. Oh,
2: Green Bay. I mean,
0: they just got Sammy Watkins.
2: Do you think this is like a, you know, like Keenan Allen to Green Bay rumor? Or is this legit?
0: Because everyone loves... I think there's Debo Matt Maoka, who, uh who is like a very trusted uh, 49ers beat writer. He said that the 49ers have taken calls on Debo Samuel, but they've rejected all of them. But they're taking calls. So maybe this is all a long game by both sides to come to some sort of agreement. That's what you'd assume. But... That would be insane. That would be very dumb by them. Um, Derek Carr, giant new contract. I love it. I love it. One of the best things about Derek Carr, and the and I'm speaking as a Chargers fan here. One of the best things about Derek Carr, actually, like if you're a Raiders fan, was he's a good quarterback, and you're also paying him not that much, so you don't have that like Pat Mahomes level cap hit, Aaron Rodgers, etc. Deshaun Watson now, Herbert when he gets it. Now you have. Derek Carr was a good quarterback, but he's making Aaron Rodgers level money. Not, probably not exactly, but you know, like he's in that territory where I don't think he's worth that percentage of your cap, but they don't really have any other options. So that's why for me, rooting for the Chargers, it's like, great, lock up Derek Carr. I am not afraid. How'd you take
2: this? um, It's honestly just kind of like one of those timely moves. Like, because Derek Carr right now, for the next couple of years, he'll be like, oh my God, he's one of the top five, six. Paid quarterbacks and he's Derek Carr and we know he's the 12th best quarterback in the league if not mm-hmm. lower than that um but in three or four years he's gonna end up being like the 12th paid quarterback again because once all these other players get yep. contracts, so I think it's just kind of time and place it's the same thing with free agents when it's like how did this guy make so much money when it's you know when Jacob DeGrom only made 150 yeah. million and Garrett Cole doubles his money it's all about time and place sometimes
0: are the Raiders all in right now? Kind of feels like they are. Yeah,
2: they really are. And I mean, good for them, but I, I don't like it. I don't like when all these teams are all in.
0: Yeah, I, it'll be interesting. There's a lot of teams that just have, they're putting everything into this season. You look at the Bucs, you look at the Chargers, you look at the Broncos, you look at the Raiders, you look at, I mean, fuck the Bills. Like Browns. the list goes on and on. Browns, yeah. So uh, speaking of the Browns, though, Andrew, two former. Cleveland Browns uh, players, OBJ, Jarvis Landry, still free agents. Um, Where would the landing spot for those two be? And why does it feel like it's either Green Bay or like Tennessee or one of them goes to Russ in uh, Denver? What other uh, things jump out to you? Do you think they're a package deal though? I guess, I don't know. What's
2: the Packers? It's, do the most likely out of those. I mean they need the receiving core. Um Titans, they have Julio, they have Julio Jones, they have AJ Brown.
0: Mm-hmm. Julio, I think they cut.
2: K Rack. They have AJ Brown. I still think they have a couple of AJ Brown's legit, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then what was the other team you named? I
0: uh I brought up the Broncos.
2: Broncos, they've got three or four young receivers, so they might add like an OBJ, but Packers are gonna have to make a move. Yeah. You can't have Alan Lazardo as your number one and get rid of Devontae Adams after all of this offseason drama. Mm-hmm. And Miami
0: can't... is a sleeper for Jarvis?
2: I just don't think Miami should... Miami's got to figure out the quarterback situation. That's yeah. that is their next move because they have Tyreek, they've got Waddle. I mean, they have the weapons, they have a good defense. They just have how good is Tua, and we will find out.
0: Yeah, and I don't think he's very good. But uh, I would say with OBJ, I think he proved a, a bit when he was with the Rams. Like, we always knew how talented he was, but I thought he was good in that playoff run. And I think he's valuable. Like, I don't know about the headaches he may cause in the locker room. I'm, I'm not sure. But especially if you're Green Bay, you need to do everything you can to replace Devontae Adams. Yeah, you just got Sammy Watkins, but that's that's okay but you know what's more exciting is like okay we have obj jarvis landry and sammy watkins and drafted a receiver like that's how you get going because i think you need weapons for Rodgers. um baker mayfield went on a podcast andrew talking about how he felt disrespected by the browns um and i think it's it's actually like a really easy way to look at this. there's an easy way to look at this baker mayfield is he the is he a star quarterback no He's decent. He's like a, I'd say, middle-of-the-road quarterback in the NFL right now. I thought he would be a little better, but it hasn't turned out that way. But I think he totally has the right to feel disrespected by the Browns. He did everything they asked since he's been there. He was playing Hurt last year, which hurt his reputation, but he was doing it because he's a warrior. I think he gave the Browns literally everything he could give them, and maybe talent-wise, it just ultimately isn't enough, but I do think he was he's kind of getting disrespected by them and treated like he was a bust, and they're just going to hold him around for when Deshaun Watson gets suspended. I like Baker. I think it's exciting when Baker's in big games. Um, not even big games, just close games. He's fun to watch sometimes. So maybe get him out of Cleveland, and it, I would enjoy to see that, but I don't know. Cleveland is kind of pooping in his bed. I don't know. It's the, it's the game, but I don't love it. What do you think? Well, didn't I mean? Because Baker, he's
2: he's a polarizing figure. Uh, mm-hmm. Wasn't you know his wife and him on Twitter or Instagram? They always kind of had those posts, and he, he's had a couple like weird post game interviews before where he's kind of taken shots, and he's taken yeah. he took shots at the fans this year. Yeah, like, they need to shut up. So it's like I'm gonna give it right back to you, man. And it's like you had a good team. You're the number one overall pick. You have those expectations, and even if you're a solid talent, I mean, you didn't get it done. And that's why we went and took a huge gamble with Deshaun Watson in that situation.
0: Yeah, actually, I think you're right. I think it's my Baker bias that's getting in the way. I think you're right. You, you, it you're is. So- it would suck, though, to be only on the Browns because they're going to start you when you know that the dude they traded to replace you, he's getting suspended for something fucked up. And it's like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll have you play that. That sucks. It's a I mean, it, feeling, but, yeah, you know, it's that's life, as they would say. Uh, Andrew, new game we're going to play. Um, it's called the 10 years game. Ooh. And what we're going to do is we, we'll do a variation of this game, hopefully every week, whether we change out like 15 years game. But the idea of the game is we're going to go through baseball, basketball and football. And we're going to look back 10 years and try to guess who we remember were the best players in the league. And, again, it's going to be hard to quantify, like, who's really the best. We're just looking mainly at, like, MVP for baseball, maybe Cy Young. um, And uh, that's how we will do it. Um, And we're always open to suggestions on how we can change this. The first thing we're going to do, Andrew, is MLB. Um, So I'm going to – I'm looking up right now the 2012 MLB MVP results. and If
2: I were to guess – if I was to, 2012. If I was to guess American League MVP, in,
0: yeah, you could do three players.
2: Okay, I would be Mike Trout or Miguel Cabrera. I'm very confident, or Justin Verlander.
0: Okay, so the the 12 year the 10 year game is serving you well. The AL MVP voting in 2012, number one was Miguel Cabrera. Trip Shout out Brown. to him. Trip yeah, Brown. went on to lose to the Giants. Um, number two. Mike Trout. So you have two. And the third, AL. It is not Justin Verlander. Um, do you want to guess or do you want to just tell you?
2: Josh Hamilton, I don't know. Beltre. Adrian Beltre, okay.
0: Okay, and now, Andrew, we're going to the NL 2012 stuff. I and... Um, I think
2: I, I know this year...
0: Why is it only showing me And, also, and I, I
2: think forgot. you're gonna be very happy with this year? You didn't pick this on purpose, but somehow I think things always tie together. So 2012 National League MVP, it was buster posing.
0: It was by a lot. Now um <laughs> I'll give you uh three guesses to get one other player that was in the top five. Nope. N L MVP ah. not in there. Um One is is hilarious, I will say. Um, No, Andrew, we're thinking it's all hitters here. Um, I'll give you the positions of the players remaining. Um, You have two outfielders, an infielder, and a catcher.
2: Another catcher. So is it like Yadier Molina?
0: Yadier was fourth. Okay. Um, And then let's think about... uh, the city where Giannis resides the second
2: milwaukee guy. so who the hell was in milwaukee Do, um
0: brian braun brian braun ch- checks in at number two number three is andrew mccutcheon in okay. pittsburgh and number five from your san diego pop oh, chase headley right? chase headley
2: so weird. It was like a good 11 weeks. I remember that. It was a good 11 weeks. The rest were ass.
0: Yeah. Okay. Fun though. Andrew, we are now going to do the 10-year side on the NBA. Um, right. so I'm thinking 2012 NBA. Who are the best players? Well, it's kind of easy because I know one of them. I know LeBron's one of them. Um, oh, that's, a, that's a bold guess there. I think 20. So, where is this? The 2011 2012 NBA season, correct? Um, we can do which one
2: do you want to do it? 2011, 2012 or 2012, 2013?
0: 2011, 2012. All right, let me go back here. So, I would say that right. you have LeBron James, Derek Rose. You so, have, in
2: the, if we're doing top five, LeBron James is right, Derek Rose, no. Derek Rose was okay. 11. He was
0: hurt. He was hurt. He was probably hurt then.
2: Don't think too hard. Is this the weird Joe Kim
0: Noah year? It is not that year. Okay, top five in NBA MVP. Kevin Durant. Number two. Number three in this era would be you know, Kobe. He's number four, Kobe Bryant. Same number, city. Number three is number Chris three. Paul. Yes. And number and, five. Number five, 2011-2012 point, point guard. uh. In the West. Okay, well, if it's in the West, we've already got CP3 out of the way. I don't think Curry's up there yet, but I, that would suck. I don't think it's Curry. Part of me wants to say something weird like Tony Parker.
2: B-Rob, you just hold that thought. That was correct there, sir. Well thank done. you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. All right. Now we join forces. I like this segment, Andrew. This is good. We'll do... Uh, 15 years or something next, uh, or we'll do eight, so the Giants could be an answer again. Um, yeah, that be great. NFL players, so we're thinking the 2011-2012 NFL season. Who do we think are the, like, MVPs? Do, I, I think it's Rodgers. Okay, so, the, so, I mean, the, it's got
2: to be Rodgers, Breeze, Brady. Manning. Manning. Like, J.J. Watt. He never
0: won an MVP, though. So. No. Um,
2: is I mean, there...
0: Quarterbacks, were yeah. anybody else... So you have Rodgers. Is Wilson there yet?
2: Russell Wilson, yeah. Because the Seahawks. I still think it's like a Drew Brees, Tom Brady. No, I, I
0: think it's Rodgers. Because Brees never won an MVP. Rodgers. <laughs> I, I think it's Rodgers. But then I go Rodgers, Manning, Brady, Brees like Wilson maybe at 5 um or the rogue oh my goodness Philip Rivers
2: you know let me just fact check here is it
0: Phil <laughs> it's
2: not Philip Rivers brother
0: oh. 2011
2: was Aaron Rodgers 2010 was Tom Brady and 2013 was Peyton Manning and 2014 was Aaron Rodgers
0: is this we Ethan are missing Peterson? yes the comeback Ah, oh, wow! That might be the last time a non-quarterback has won MVP. So we've got—we um, chose the last time a quarterback wasn't MVP.
2: Yeah, Rogers, Rogers, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes, Tom Brady, Matt Ryan. What the fuck, Cam Newton? Phil, Phil should have got
0: one. Aaron Rodgers, Peyton, <laughs> Adrian Peterson. So who else was in the voting? In that were we right with Rogers, Brady, Manning?
2: So number two was, yeah. So number two is Peyton Manning. Three, Tom Brady. Number four, hmm. Stephen's boy, Stephen Young's boy from Detroit. Stafford. Oh, Calvin, Calvin Johnson. Calvin. Calvin. And then number five, Aaron Rodgers. What but a... defense player of the year was J.J. Watt. So we were we were oh. on something.
0: We're on the right. We're on the right track. Uh, I enjoyed this segment. All right, we're moving on. We're to the baseball. Let's talk about the runner on second.
2: So my main thing with the runner on second, I, we've talked about before, I don't like it. I think it's stupid. I don't like it.
0: appeasing to
2: non-baseball fans. non-baseball fans watching baseball. They'll never watch the fourth, fifth, sixth hour. Uh, but basically, you have a 99-day lockout, and this is one of the main bargaining chips. And after 99 days, we come to an agreement. Yeah, there's going to be like a pitch clock. There's going to be a couple rule changes in 2023. But they came to a conclusion that they were done with this extra inning. thing, You know, with the runner on second. Yeah. And three, four days after, I don't know how, and nobody's asking questions. They're just... It's back. It's back. And nobody seems to care.
0: It's awful. It's the worst rule change in professional sports.
2: We saw the Giants' first game. They ended up winning. But it's just like, it's just, it sucks. I don't like it. I mean, we brought back the nine-inning doubleheaders. Um, I don't know what this does, because we don't do it in the playoffs Why you do it in the regular season. There are no Definitely. ties, so there's... I don't know what the thought process is there.
0: Help there isn't up. much of one. There, he's busy buying beats for, like, billionaires and thinking that's yeah, going to, like, they're mend they're the relationship. People. The commissioner. What a fucking idiot.
2: Yeah, like, here's a nice gift. It's like, no, you're just sponsored by fucking beats, dude.
0: Yeah, it is just... there's. It's just dumb as shit. Um, something coming around on. Still not completely sold. No, you Universal didn't. Universal
2: DH. You told me you're all in. You're all in now. Zero complaints on this side. I haven't heard a National League fan of life complain. Just like in 2020 when this happened, nobody's fucking bitching when we don't see a, a pitcher who hasn't hit in seven years. No one misses the automatic out. No one misses walking people or being, hey, Clayton yeah, you're Kershaw right, you're right, yesterday.
0: You're right. Oh, that dumbass. Or that's not even his fault. Maybe No, but this that. just
2: to tie it in, it's like Clayton Kershaw. Imagine, I mean, he was taken out because that's what the Dodgers do. But imagine if that guy had to hit. There was a 2 nothing ball game and there's a runner on second and third in the seventh inning. What do you want to do? Is that really fucking necessary strategy? No. Yeah, that's
0: it's a good a, point. That's a good point. And I don't think we're ever see it's it's done. The the DH is permanent in baseball now.
2: It's done, and it's injury. I mean, you don't. What's the point?
0: I think you're right. the The only thing I could say of the point is is when you get one of those random Carlos Zambrano or Madison Bumgarner or yeah. Bartolo Colon moonshots.
2: Nobody gets those. Besides, the Giants get Madison Bumgarner once, but Madison Bumgarner is like a two ten hitter, if that. Yeah, he's probably lower. That, that, that you know. is the best possible pitching hitter in the last 10, 15 years. And
0: he mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I, you're right, you're right, you're right. The Padres like- Giants though, we just talked about the series. Giants take two of three. A little unwritten rule off going on with Mauricio Dubon bunting in the sixth inning when the pa- the Giants are up ten. Bob Melvin's pissed. Uh, Gabe Kapler is kind of like deal with it. I okay, I agree. I deal with it. What are we supposed to do? Ground out every play for the rest of the game. Like the Padres have an explosive offense. What if the next inning, the Padres scored four runs and then it's like a, and they scored two in the next and it's a three run game. Like I'm not, once I get a lead, I'm not like going to bend over and just let you like strike me out. Every time I'm not here to just get in, get out. I'm going to hit, especially if they're players who are still trying to secure roster positions. And the idea that like a bunt when you're up that much is different than like it's more disrespectful than just getting a hit, and that's just stupid to me. And it's also the same thing I felt with Tatis when he hit up three zero or when he had a three zero count and he teed off a grand slam up. It's like what is he supposed to do, like not yes. play baseball? And that's uh, so I think that it was. Uh, and both of these franchises come out looking not very good after this series, in my opinion, for some other things. But the Padres, that was just weirdly hypocritical to me. I mean, I know it's a different coach, but it was like literally last year where they were like, no, we just do that. And now it's a dude bunts and you're going to get all up in your feels? Like, come on. So
2: I'm like, I come on the same thing. Like, dude, it's professionals, who cares? We don't have mercy rules. Uh, if yeah. a 32-year-old going to cry over, like, getting a bunt down in the sixth, seventh inning because you're down by eight, nine runs, you know, boo-hoo. Like... My, like, overall takeaway is I don't really care. Like, I think we should just stop, like, overanalyzing these stupid little things and have, like, there's going to be people in a game that are going to get frustrated, and they're just going to show emotions. Bob Melvin's kind of, like, trying to fire up the team as well. He's also like, fuck you. Like, you don't do that, and don't just do that shit to this organization. And Gabe Kapler, then he goes to, you know, Devon in his ear. Um, I actually respect this about Gabe Kapler is that he went out and was like, hey, come on. That was kind of like borderline, you know, according to the rule. But then he stood up for him in the press. Yes. That was
0: And that's the
2: difference between Gabe Kapler and Jace Tingler two years ago when this when the Tatis Grand Slam happened. Tatis did that. And then Chase Tingler's like, yeah, I had to talk with him and this. And it's like, dude, that's not how you build up your players. You, you fight for your players. You keep it internal like mm-hmm. Gabe Kapler did. And then he had his back to the public. And people are like, oh, you know. Have- you know, you shouldn't be doing this and bunting all this. I don't really care. I mean, I guess it's equivalent to, like, being in the fourth quarter. You're up 35 to 7 with seven minutes left, and you're still doing Hail Marys or whatever the fuck you're doing, a flea flicker here and there. I mean, it's yeah. kind of annoying, but I just – I don't really fucking care. Yeah. Because it's professional sports. We've seen crazier things happen. Um, I just really think these, like, in-game – interactions we shouldn't overanalyze so many of them it's just yeah. people getting heated that's it yeah <laughs> that's very. and then the next point. day they're fucking fine they're over it uh-huh. all it is we all yeah. get frustrated
0: i do want to touch on that point you made about cappler though um like because the fact that he does go say something to him after so he probably said like hey i know what you're trying to do there but maybe i don't know i don't know what he said but the way you protect your players in public, you have to 100% do that. If Kapler said a bad word about him after, I'd have been like, dude, that's your player. He's trying to make your team. He's trying to contribute to win. It's all, you're building a culture. And that's like, it brings me back to like, John Wooden wouldn't stand up when he coached basketball games. Like he just sit there because he said practices for coaching. And you always have your players back though. And that's something that, um,
2: I mean, then, you see then, like, more yeah. of
0: now with the player empowerment, I guess, but it's also with a young guy like that, especially Dubon. It's like if Brandon Belt shit. does that, he doesn't really need to get stood up for because he's, he's been around. But Dubon, like, I'd be like, "Fuck you! I'm trying to try to be a professional baseball player here. That's exactly, I'm trying to it. make life changing money. Leave me alone."
2: He's trying to make a roster that won 107 games and showing that I can do these small important things when we need him yeah. down the road, and it's. By the way, it's fucking fourth, fifth game of the year. Like, who cares? I mean, who (laughs) really, who cares? And I I don't care. I'm, I'm like, happy that Bob Melvin's, like, angry because it's, like, we're not just going to take this shit. Yeah.
0: I just don't care. It's just, like, a normal,
2: you know? Yeah, it's a normal,
0: like, rivalry. Giants,
2: Padres, like, we're going to knock heads a little bit. And that's how it should be. We shouldn't, like, fucking freak out and be like, what's going on?
0: Yeah, and then last thing we should talk about with this series was, um, so... Was it the Padres' third base coach, first base coach, upset with the Giants' first base coach? He called him, he told Gabe Kapler to control this motherfucker. Like, I guess they were arguing or something. Of course, the dude who, the Giants guy says they weren't arguing at all. I'm pretty sure they were probably talking. And um, so he tells the coach, like, hey, shut this guy up, basically. The Giants coach interprets that him being called motherfucker is racist. I am white, so let me just I you can not care what I have to say. I don't really care what anyone else has to say, because I don't think calling someone a motherfucker is racist. And if that's where we're drawing the line now, I just think that's kind of in poor taste to invoke that when it's just like you mentioned. It's a rivalry. It's a heated series. People are going back and forth. You're not the Padres and Giants, Andrew are not supposed to like each other yeah it's they're not supposed to be like sport and so like you gotta be able to take it like i mean i don't know maybe something else happens early earlier in a different thing that we have no idea about but in terms of just what we got this series and that i don't know i think it's more like dude taking yourself so fucking seriously
2: because the best like, thing was 12 hours later, guess who's shaking hands? And they have, of course, they have the media and the cameras. they like, look, they're all getting along now. And it's like, yeah, I just had to let him know what he was saying.
0: It's just like. You had to let him know. It's like, why did that, we do That's this? an incredibly you... damaging thing to say someone. And he didn't back okay. it up at all. I thought no, that least, looked terrible right. from him. Like, I to the public.
2: You know, and he even apologized. And it was like, oh, my God, dude. It was an in-game moment. I called you a motherfucker. That can't be the
0: worst thing that's ever been said in a competitive yeah. sports, game. yeah. Uh, and, and all of this stuff, you just when you're watching sports, take it through the lens of what we we're talking about. It's sports. They're trying to like it's competitive. It's, to be like this. <laughs> it's like you're you're angry, like it's like it's bringing out everything in you, and especially in a rivalry game. And so, like the fact that we need to analyze every little little thing about stuff, it's like, you know what? Sometimes people just get called a motherfucker. I've been called a motherfucker. Like shit happens, and the best bad, just don't take it personally.
2: Been, we're not perfect, which is like the yeah. same thing. Let me ask you about Alec Baum, the third baseman of the Philly. So he had three. Really quick,
0: really hits. quick. I, okay. I want to talk about that, but if the the giant or the Padres coach, that came out said like the N word or something really fucked up to him, then yeah, call it out. But if it's solely just motherfucker. Get yourself together. I don't think it's professional to call people out in that in that manner. That is my personal opinion. You can disagree with it. You can agree with it. I don't really care. Andrew, let's talk about the Phillies thing.
2: So it's like the same thing with so um, outbought. To
0: I like this. I like second, this story. third
2: year. Kind of it supposed to be a hot shot prospect.
0: It um, looks like three. someone who thinks he is.
2: Yeah, he's got the hair. He's got the little yeah. beady thing. Three throwing errors. And after he made a routine (laughs) play, the Philly faithful, we'll call them, they started cheering at him and he was pissed off, you know, human emotions. After you make three errors, then you got 40,000 people laughing at you because you made a routine play. Uh, You can see him because he doesn't put the glove over his mouth that I fucking hate this place. What do you take from that?
0: I love this situation because I don't know if a player could have handled it better than what he has done. And I would also say the Philly fans are being really awesome in this scenario as well. Because you know what happens, Andrew, like we've just been talking about? You fucking say things in the heat of the moment. You've been trying to make it an MLB your entire life. You're a big prospect. You get to that big stage. And you fuck up in ways that you've not really fucked up your whole life. And you're getting booed. That emotion's going to come out. You want your players to care. But if he would have came out after the game and say like, I didn't say that or blah, 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 then it's like kind of a red flag. He came out and totally said, yeah, my emotions got the best of me. Like, and just be honest. And you know what happens? People are like, oh, I kind of respect, respect that. Respect and I'd then exactly. they give him the standing ovation when he comes to the next at bat in the next game. And I don't think he smirked or anything, but that's just great. They're giving you a little shit. You – because you said you fucking hate this place, but you owned it, and it seemed like he was fine with it, and he laughed with it. And so, I don't know. You want fans who care. He's 25.
2: Uh, (laughs) Imagine if you're 25 and you made three airs. I mean, imagine you being right now – it's like, I'd probably say some stupid shit after I made my third air of the game, and I I haven't done that in 17 years. And he
0: doesn't know a camera is zoomed in on his face, (laughs) even though he should probably assume that, but he doesn't know that. Like,
2: I I thought he had it perfectly, like you said, I mean, he apologized or he just owned up to it because last year, an example would be remember when the Mets had all their weird stuff going on and then Dude, they something so happened lame. in the clubhouse. And it was like Francisco Lindor said there was like a rat or like a bird or something in the it was something so obvious that they were trying to cover up an argument or a dispute. Yeah, it just blew up and made it way worse. And this guy, he just says that is like, yeah, I fucking said it. And I didn't mean it. This
0: thing broke it up it the Warriors. Kevin Durant and Draymond couldn't squash a beef like this and just like be like, hey, yeah, we yelled at each other on the national TV. We should probably work through this. They didn't. KD left. And it, it prolongs. And then yeah. Alec Baum says it's kind of funny and we kind of root for the guy now. Yeah, totally. And I think, I don't know. I would want a player who is on my team, if he cares a lot and he fucks up a bunch and he's like, I fucking hate this. I want him to have that emotion. Maybe not. I fucking hate this place. You know, but that's
2: true. Everything you said, because you know who's yelled at his home crowd before, Philip Rivers, and he hasn't cussed too. So
0: and He's Rivers is, Yeah, I got him right there above me, my Lord and Savior. Passionate guy. You Joe Montana uh, said says something like, like it was something about like uh crying or why losing sucks it's because you care so much and that's what you want i don't know i butchered that quote uh kershaw pulled from a after seven innings pitched perfect game would have become with six more outs the 24th player ever to throw a perfect game um there have been 117 world series champions uh yes he didn't pitch much in spring training yes it's a little cold yes he's older Yes, he ended up saying in the media that he supported the decision of Dave Roberts to pull him. And I'm going to take a perspective on this of just a fan of baseball. What the fuck? What the fuck? It's a perfect game, bro. Like, I don't care if you can throw an extra inning in October. It's not even because he's on the Dodgers. This is any team in the league this happens. I would... Literally, like, I I was mad that Clayton Kershaw didn't get a shot to throw a perfect game. And I don't like Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers. I just thought it was bullshit. And it's just how baseball and the nerds and the computers and the, like, oh, we always have to have the long game approach. It's like, yes, the long game is the most important. But you know what? He only threw 80 fucking pitches. And that was a chance to, to be, like, make history. And he is a dude also who has basically every other accolade a pitcher could have. And adding a no hitter or a perfect game of that because he already has no hitter. I just thought that he got robbed, even if he doesn't want to admit it, and baseball fans got robbed because that is why we watch baseball in the regular season. It's like, why are we here? Like, I don't know. That's where I talk.
2: Yeah. So, seven are like seven. Years ago, this isn't happening. So, this is just how much is transformed and the analytics and all that stuff has taken over. I'll remember Francisco Liriano threw a no hitter a decade ago. He had eight walks and he threw a no hitter. Think about how many pitches that guy threw. Nolan Ryan is the
0: 235 (laughs) once.
2: Yeah. I just, it's so confusing. And it's like, I understand what Kershaw's saying. And it's like, Talent level is different than this and that, but it's like, bro, you're at eighty fucking pitches.
0: Oh, Come on, shot at history. Come on,
2: man. You really think this is gonna like affect you? Like twenty more, thirty more pitches are gonna affect you? Take a fucking extra week off. You're the goddamn Dodgers. You have six hundred players. Yeah, like, get your perfect players. game. Figure it out. Like, I don't. You're gonna get hurt anyway. His back's gonna start hurting. I don't think, you know, controlling. Pitch count is always, like, the best way to keep your health. So I don't think just because, oh, I threw 12 less pitches today and I saved that. What the fuck does that mean for next Tuesday? I don't. It's 12 pitches, bro. I mean, here and there, I'm sure it helps out. But at the end of the year, I don't think it matters that much if you break the rules a little bit. And 80 pitches was nothing. And you're just fucking Clayton Kershaw. That should be nothing to you.
0: Motherfucking Gary Sanchez breaks it. <laughs> yeah the first batter bricks that the, carries The gear bear the um, gear bear i the the discourse of this on twitter there's basically a ton of people like you and me just being like dude you gotta go for it like that's sick the people who are defending why he didn't throw the perfect game and like oh shut up you don't know anything this but you guys are the worst and you guys are the reason the dodgers are the worst and i wish you nothing but misfortune because the baseball gods andrew the baseball gods, remember. And you could have, oh. it's like making a sacrifice to the gods. Clayton Kershaw, I'm not saying he's sacrificing a season or anything, but it's like an homage you pay to the holy trinity of the baseball gods. Of You can't pass up a perfect game. When the baseball gods present you an opportunity to throw a perfect game, you cannot say no. And this guarantees, guarantees, the Dodgers will not win the World Series this year. Because the baseball gods are pissed off. So I
2: saw a tweet. Also, the last two times when a pitcher was in the seventh inning and had a perfect game, so yesterday Clayton Kershaw gets taken out. Do you have any idea? It was 2016. Was the year? It was on the Dodgers. It was Rich Hill. Same guy. Same. Same. The
0: worst. And it's just funny. They've been doing this thing the Dodgers have of like spending a fuck ton of money, having a crazy like talented roster, ha- doing their weird analytics stuff. They've been doing it for like almost eight, ye- eight, ten years now, and all they have is a fake World Series ring. That's so God, funny. <laughs>
2: God's are watching, it. I like what you say because that is true. They they saw that tonight. And in October, there's going to be something that happens—a little windstorm, yeah. a little rain. Yeah, something. I don't
0: know. I believe in the baseball gods, and I think that They're that really? is. Oh, and I think that's is. a. I think that's an insult to the baseball gods. We'll leave it at that. Um, other thing, Andrew is the uh, Trevor Bauer. Uh, again, it's pushed back. Just, we don't I have just, all the details, but like, what's going no, on? No, I don't think anyone knows
2: what the fuck's going on. The whole thing is just. When is this gonna end? How yeah. long can he be like held? Is he just gonna be held till the rest of his contract? I mean, because technically, there what a does court hearing? Like, what what is Mob doing on the side the past month and a half, two months that they didn't have enough information from the regular? Yeah, like, what that, are they
0: doing? That seems to be the biggest like weird thing about this is like, especially seeing how the Deshaun Watson thing has moved on. And yes, the NFL is still going to be able to suspend him, but. Like, what's at taking this knows. process we so long with, is, with Trevor Bauer?
2: Like, at least Sean like, Watson knows looking not it or not. Like, don't
0: really I just.
2: That
0: with Bauer. They need to communicate it better. There needs to be, like, some sort of. Because, I mean. It, it, yeah. And it's ironic that he's on the Dodgers. So, it's like. I mean, it's but if cool. that was Hold a different.
2: Because that would really help him out. If they,
0: yeah. If they, if they like, help. kind of basically spit on him. And they don't want him. And I, again, we don't know, I don't know how, like, everything about that thing. I'm not saying that Trevor Bauer should immediately be reinstated. I'm just saying they should, ta- like, be, like, transparent of, like, what's going on. It's been, like,
2: like almost a full year, and it's just all these other not, players have had similar things. There's been at least a punishment or something, and yeah, I just, just want to know what's going on. I'm not saying it, Trevor Bauer's good dude.
0: Yeah, and as fans, I think it's, we easily deserve to know that. It's just like, what what's going on? This dude won a Cy Young. Like, he has a massive contract on one of the biggest teams in the league. Like, can you, like, maybe update us on, like, anything? And he's it's just weird.
2: Spoken MOB players. So we're, we're, we're curious about Trevor. Trevor post, puts a lot of content out there. We want to know
0: yeah. what's going on. Junior um, Jr.'s a fucking machine. Vlade's so good. He's so good got big ass he's
2: gonna be <laughs>
0: oh, <my laughs> truck um, yeah he's gonna be
2: better than his dad isn't he
0: which is crazy to say i think he that is. was so goddamn good yeah i mean he's unbelievable he's the blue jays are just
2: they're so fun man
0: i wish they weren't in canada is my only thing you know
2: i wish they weren't in Canada. my, my
0: war on canadians um but yeah, uh, it's good to see him beating the Yankees. Uh, especially he did it against Garrett Cole, which I always like to watch Garrett yeah, Cole lose. Is it fun his... watching
2: Garrett Cole lose?
0: Well, did his uh, start get postponed by two and a half minutes this time? Is that why?
2: That guy, I That's can't believe
0: <laughs> he
2: said that. Like, I cannot believe this guy has been in the New York media for over a year. He's been a Yankee for over a year. He has all this money, and he's going to blame it on starting three, four minutes later
0: because of opening day ceremonies.
2: What the fuck?
0: Yeah, he's he's just a weird. A you're very just weird
2: you're show. really mad that you can't use spider tech, because it's really starting to fucking show. And he ended up kind of settling down, but his last,
0: you know, he needs to talk to his brother-in-law.
2: And the start of this year, he is not looking that good.
0: His brother-in-law, meanwhile, like one of the coolest guys in the game, Craw. Somehow things always tie up to San Francisco, don't they? They do, they do, they do. Uh, Speaking of San Francisco, Logan Webb, Joey Bart, got me feeling very good about the future of this franchise.
2: Logan Webb has a very approachable face.
0: My dad compared Logan Webb to Jake Peavy. Like, just... Just their presence on the mound.
2: Jake Peavy's better.
0: Yeah, obviously Jake Peavy was a stud, but unfortunately... (laughs) I only think he got to play in the playoffs once. If that, I don't know. Well, oh, he came with the Giants and he played with us. That was fun. Sorry. Uh, would you pay the. <laughs> ties back up. See? See what I'm doing with people?
2: Uh,
0: would you pay Aaron Judge? Yeah, I would pay Aaron Judge. Okay. You give him whatever. If I was
2: the Yankees right now and where they're at,
0: <laughs> yeah, I would. Okay. Okay. Um, why don't you like Brett Phillips? I he think was the position player who did the slide on the blue or on the okay. Tampa Bay Rays. So what, he did is that who it is?
2: Like, yes, it's that guy who's now he's like Britt Phillips, like Gold Glover, because he always comes in to pitch for the Rays and he does a stupid little fucking quirky windup. This is basically <laughs> this guy is such an attention whore. Um, I can't stand him. He's done things last year. Is he good? No, he sucks. He's like a bench okay, ball player. Yeah, so he always comes in and out of like the bullpen. He's sprinting around. He's joking. He's laughing. He got hit by a pitch last year. And he pretended to get charged the mound and stuff. And it's like this is a competitive like baseball. This isn't little league. Like I know what you're trying to do, but fuck off. No, that is why we have people getting mad and overanalyzing Bob Melvin and Gabe Kapler because we want everything to be like. Stupid fake baseball like this. And I don't think he's funny. I don't think it's cute. I think it's yeah, bad. You can't do it if he's not good. He's not fucking good, dude. So there it is. He was the one, though, who got that hit off the Dodgers in the World Series. Remember that weird play and then Randy Arozarena scored? Oh, from- yeah. But it's just him. and He's always doing like the wings thing. And it's just too much. He's not funny. I don't like him. And everyone just kisses his ass. And I
0: don't
2: understand
0: why. New enemy of the pod, Brian Phillips. Rex. Put him down. Um, last question here, Andrew, before we wrap up. Again, we thank you for your time on this lovely day. Uh, you are a giant <coughs> Star Wars Revenge of the Sith prequels fan. You've mm-hmm. seen, I would say, all of the Star Wars movies, but you are a common man, a common man yes. perspective. You're not like me nerding out watching videos for hours and i appreciate that different perspective because as the listeners know we uh, me and peter we break We're going to break down kenobi weekly peter and i are very deep into it we're going to have andrew on this this show to give us that common man perspective so speaking of kenobi and your love for the movie revenge of the sith which is the precursor to the kenobi show kenobi show takes in place in between episodes three and four revenge of the sith and new hope 10 years in between what do you want from this show what is like the two or three most important things that you would need this show to do and do you have any worries about it
2: well the most important thing would be because obviously there's another meeting between um,
0: there's apparently going to be two more meetings
2: obi-wan and Darth Vader, Anakin, like they met before, A New Hope or whatever that fourth yeah, was called. Uh-huh. Everyone wants to see that fight, so of course they're gonna have to have that in there.
0: They're gonna. Uh, if that's the that's the the main, main part fight. of the show. Okay, well, it's gotta to be go that fight. because well
2: yeah. that's what we're all waiting for. Um, I I'm just a fan of Hayden Christensen, so I love He's that be Anakin helmet-less. Skywalker. So is he? Are they? Is he Darth Vader? So it picks up after Mustafar.
0: And so you so have he's already a younger, Darth, 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 Darth Vader, Vader. But no, we'll see him maskless. He is Darth Vader, but it's a younger, more angry, more violent Darth Vader.
2: God, I'm excited.
0: See, so, this is all, I,
2: that's what I need. That's all I really need, to be honest. Just one, complete that fucking story, because the common people we just care about that shit.
0: Yeah. So. Um, the thing I, w- I want to say about this is, in A New Hope, when Vader and Obi-Wan, old Ben Kenobi, face off, Vader does say, the last time we met, I was the student, you are the master, you know, basically. And we've always thought for all these years, that was just referring to the fight on Mustafar. So if they're going to fight cool. two more times, I'm looking at this series, I'm saying, Vader's going to win the first one. And then Obi-Wan is going to figure something out to Beat him at the end, which will like, I don't know. I I really want um, to just dive deep into the relationship between those two and um, how
2: yeah, it because they didn't explain it super well in Revenge of the Sith.
0: How like how it happened what so they, quickly?
2: They were, you know, Padawan Jedi, and then just like twelve minutes, it just became Anakin's talking to the fucking Emperor. And he's watching Mace Windu die. And you're like, what happened in
0: those 15 minutes?
2: He's killing little kids and stuff.
0: So they Mm -hmm. explain
2: that a little bit better in the main fight.
0: Mm -hmm. That's it. I I also really want to, um, and I'm pretty sure, this is no spoilers, but I'm pretty sure this is going to happen. I think that it is imperative in this series for us to see Obi-Wan communicating with Qui-Gon Jinn. Because... That's how he learns to, like, become the Force Ghost. You know, when it's like Vader strikes him down and he disappears? He learns that from Qui-Gon Jinn. So I need to see that aspect. Even if it's just, like, a Force Ghost, obviously, of Qui-Gon Jinn, or just a voice. I don't know. I think we need that.
2: Yes. Were yeah. you saying oh. when you, like, um, like um the Ghost thing, like, right before Vader hit him, he, like, turned into a Ghost or whatever? So that what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. that... And then how he's able to reappear for Luke. Okay.
0: Qui-Gon, there's that line at the end of Revenge of the Sith where Yoda says to Obi-Wan member, like, he's been in contact with Qui-Gon Jinn. At the end of Revenge of the Sith, because, like, through the Force ghost thing. So this time period is when Obi-Wan will learn to do that. I also think we're going to see a very downtrodden Obi-Wan, though. He's not going to be in a good, like, happiness place. Which is, I don't know, makes sense. It's the same actor, right? Yep, Ewan McGregor, Hayden Christensen. They got Young Luke, Young Leia. Uh, Bail Organa is going to be in it. Um, lots of rumors. It's going to be a, a really fun show. I mean, it's going to be so freaking cool to watch them fight with lightsabers. <laughs> it's as simple as that. Um, Big Dog, always a pleasure. Uh, it's been episode 161. We'll have you back next week um thank you for joining my friend
2: thank you sir all Brother right Giants. such a stupid win yesterday luke williams what is that guy's name that hit the Bl-
0: blondie blondie look, put some respect like on his name <laughs> episode 161 <laughs> okay. see you guys next time luke williams. <laughs>